Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Strategic Slut Podcast, a feminist-based show that aims to reclaim the word slut and discuss harder topics to become more approachable. Each week, I will bring you a topic to break down or a guest on to have a discussion in a shame-free way so that we can all live an intentional and strategic life. Hi, beautiful friends. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining another episode. Today, I have an episode with Riley Jean, who's one of my really close friends. We actually met on Instagram. It's kind of a funny story that you'll hear throughout this episode, but we dive into some really personal things within self-love and development and healing and really like working through your own shit, which is so needed, I think, with the time that we have right now. And this year has brought up some stuff, so it's kind of cool to be able to share these things with another person as well. Um, Riley and I bounce back off each other so many times in this episode and go so many different directions, but all within the uh, topic of healing and self-love. And I just wanted to quickly mention that she does have a self-love challenge with a home workout plan. It's a four-week challenge that you can start anytime with um, programmed workouts, journal prompts, and additional resources. And it's literally $45. So if you feel like you want a little thing to help guide you through a process of implementing healthy habits and journal prompts and things like that, um, that's a really great resource to kind of help become your best self as we talk about a lot in this podcast. And I just wanted to quickly promote that. Obviously, Riley's my girl and I stand behind her programs and things like that. So I just wanted to quickly mention that because we didn't mention it in the episode. So enjoy it, guys. I think you are going to find this extremely valuable. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning into another episode. Today, I have my very good friend, Riley Bennett, here. She is a personal trainer, coach, content creator, all about self-love and fitness. So Riley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a cute little intro. I'm so excited for you to be here. Um, <laughs> If you know, if you guys listened to a lot of the episodes, Isaac, her boyfriend was on this podcast actually a while back. So now we finally have Riley, who like we've been <laughs> friends for years. <laughs> How are you? How's everything going? So good. So weird. I feel like yeah. this entire year has just been crazy, but um, a lot of learning experiences for sure. Still learning, but it's just, I think, ebbs and flows of like realizing, realizing things and then, um, I don't know, delving deeper into it and then kind of overcoming it and then waiting for the next thing to learn. So right now I'm feeling very good, very inspired, very energetic, all of that. That's good amazing. Stuff. That's awesome. I feel like when you said realizing things, I can't <laughs> think of Kylie Jenner. Like, yeah, this is like like re- realizing a lot of things. And I think she was on the pulse of something two years before 2020. <laughs> yeah, no, 2020 is definitely the year of realizing things. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. So I guess for anyone who needs context of like kind of what you do, what you're about, who were you and where were you in March and where are you and kind of who are you today, whether that's with business, life, whatever it is? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, so funny. I was in, I mean, a completely different city living like six hours away from where I live now. Um, I was, I mean, before COVID happened and before everything shut down, I was working at a commercial gym, working on my own stuff kind of on the side 
doing YouTube and like Instagram, I guess, content creation on the side as well. And yeah, I don't know, living in like downtown apartment with my boyfriend, COVID happened. We started living with my mom. We have two dogs, so she has a big backyard. So that was great. Um, But living with my family and my boyfriend for whatever the three or four months of COVID was definitely a time of realizing things. And um, now I am, like I said, living in a completely different city, six hours away. I quit my job at the commercial gym. I mean, I kind of I was going to transfer to a to a different gym here um, with the same company, but ended up deciding that, you know, if I had to completely start all over again, I may as well finally do what I actually wanted to do and just like kind of pull the trigger and work for myself. So that is what I'm doing now. And yeah, just kind of figuring out the entrepreneurship, running my own business, um, all of that, which has been crazy. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you because it's been a whirlwind, I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, what, I guess, for as of like today, what has been the biggest challenge in being your own boss, like taking this entrepreneurial shift full time? I would say the biggest challenge that I've had is honestly how to like structure my day, how to set goals and be like realistic about it and be productive and kind of set timelines for myself, but also be flexible with those and like be gentle on myself when I maybe don't get something done or I'm just like really not into creating whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely creating that structure going from, I mean, I was working 12 hour days in a gym to now I'm at home all the time, obviously, as I feel like so many of us are. But yeah, that has been a huge adjustment for me. And I think also, I mean, I feel like everyone deals with like imposter syndrome a little bit. So definitely that also just being like, holy crap, like, who do I think I am Mm -hmm. starting a business? Like I'm how old am I? I'm 24. And I have no idea how to do this. I have no like really people in my life or in my family that have ever done this before. So there's no one that's like helping me or guiding me through it or telling me like how to do it and that kind of stuff. So it's really just like figuring out all of that stuff. And then yeah, just structuring my days and figuring out how to, like I said, be productive while also like being gentle with myself and kind of going with how I feel, I guess, and like not waiting all the time until I feel inspired or necessarily feel motivated to do something. Um, But also, I don't know. Yeah, just finding that balance, I guess, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely it's hard because you're caught in between kind of that like hustle culture of like, um, grind, grind, grind. And I think you were kind of yeah. doing that but for someone else. And now that you're mm-hmm. doing it for yourself, there is more pressure because you're actually at the, like, you have to pay your bills. And there's a lot more like kind of relying on your own shit. But then also, yeah. you also get to decide how long you work in a day. Like if you can, you know, bang out your shit in four hours, then you have the rest of the day to yourself. And we don't know how to conceptualize that. Because we're 
taught that the normal both like for you know growing up is nine to five type of thing and then once that started to change it was like almost a 24 7 with the access to technology that there was no like rest time so now we're in this really weird phase of like learning how to work hard but also rest but also not give ourselves too much like ease you you know like push ourselves to become better it's a very weird thing to try to balance but it's also works different for everybody like exactly yeah yeah something that I like really struggle with and I feel like everyone can kind of relate to this is I mean we know social media is a highlight reel and we all know that we kind of compare each other or compare ourselves to other people on social media and stuff so I find myself and not even like necessarily through Instagram and like social media that way but even just listening to entrepreneurial podcasts and things like that and I think my best friend and you know her um she is like there's different types of people and that has been something that I've really had a hard time like grasping and like really figuring out how I work best because like I said with Anini like she is insane like she can just go 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 she's kind of doing like three different jobs right now and she's all day jumping from this thing to that thing and like that's how she works like she works amazing in that kind of like chaos go go I shouldn't really say chaos I guess but like go 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 um super productive like always doing something whereas for me I would like I see her doing that and I'm like well holy crap I'm not doing nearly as much as she is and like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I'm wasting my time, blah, blah, blah. But also, like, what I've come to realize is I'm not her. Um, and I, like, that to me is so overwhelming. Like, if that was my days every single day, and that kind of used to be my days, like, when I was, like I said, working at a commercial gym, I was go, go, go every single day. And, like, I had breaks. I wasn't working you know, nonstop for 12 hours, but it was, you know, I was always doing something different and running home and, you know, doing my training and just so many different things. And that gives me so much anxiety and so much just stress mm-hmm. um, that I've really had to take a step back. And I have figured out that I actually don't work best when I schedule out every single second of my day um, and that I can't be busy every single second of the day or every single day of the week. Like I just, I'll have a breakdown and I like also I won't be so in my, in my coaching, like in my one-to-one coaching, when I'm having calls with people or answering emails or texts or whatever it is, if I'm go, go, go and busy all the time, my like my energy of anxiety and stress is going to translate to my clients and obviously I don't want that so yeah it's just taking a step back realizing that like that's not the only way to do things and I can figure out my own way of doing it and my way of doing it is a lot more relaxed a lot more um less structured like I kind of have a an ongoing to-do list or a you know, things I want to create or do or offers that I want to come out with. But I really like to keep that list and just really feel like when I when I'm feeling inspired by something like that's when I'm going to work on it, because that's when I have like, the kind of good energy around it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it also depends on what you're doing. Like, if it's not time sensitive things, and you don't feel like doing it, it's not as 
crucial, you know, like it's one of those things that you have the ability to do that. And that's like amazing. And you're creating a life for yourself that is very much in alignment where, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you were running that, you know, schedule that you had in March and, you know, at the commercial gym and stuff like that, that would be a miserable life for you. Like you said, like a knee yeah. runs, you know, her schedule, like by the hour. And I'm the same way. We're both Leos. And I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so but that's also like why I get along with you and with yeah. her so well is because like we balance each other out. Like you guys are go, go, go. And I'm like, holy crap. But like, we need to take a step back and like take a second. I feel like we balance each other out really well with that so much so yeah like we thrive in chaos and then you help us keep like keep us grounded I think like remind us to chill the fuck out and like (laughs) rest and like I remember talking to you one time you're like I think you just gotta like chill (laughs) yeah that's something that maybe yeah yeah (laughs) and it's yeah burnout is something that is so commonly experienced but not talked about in way I think it is actually talked about a lot but it's not talked about in unique ways like I think it's talked about just like everyone experiences burnout the same way and here's like the way you can experience burnout and then here's how to overcome it but like you just said we all work in different ways so I would I guess I want to ask you like how have you implemented some boundaries within yourself, within relationships, whatever it may be to kind of like be, to step back a little bit, like, so that you are having those productive work periods and bringing good energy rather than that, like frantic, chaotic mm-hmm. mess of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, something that I'm, it's something that I'm definitely like still working on. Like I'm by no means absolutely perfect at this. Um, I think for me having, I've really been working on kind of solidifying like a good morning routine for myself in that like I know that I work best throughout the rest of the day if I get my workout in first thing in the morning um, and kind of get it out of the way. I feel good about myself to then go on and do whatever. Um, And then I always try and have an end time to my day, which is something that I really struggle with and I feel like if anyone is working for themselves or doing this kind of like online social media stuff um, it is really hard because for me I feel like like there's always something that I could be doing I always could be taking a picture of this or updating my story with this or sharing this or you know, like there's so many things that I could just be doing all the time um, and if I let myself do that then like I said, I'm not going to be in a good energy doing those things. So creating a a standard like end, like I'm done work at this time and I'm going to put it all away and it doesn't matter anything um, has been super important for me because if not, like I'll literally just work until like 10 p.m. Like I'll be sitting in bed, like editing a video or something And then it's time to actually go to bed and I'm like, well, now I have to do my skincare and this and that and whatever to wind down. Um, And it's really hard to shut off at 10 p.m. and, you know, go to sleep at a decent hour. So definitely the end time is a boundary that I'm still working on. Um, And what else? I really try and stick to work 
working like in my office. Um, I try not to bring my work into my bedroom or the kitchen or whatever, which again is a little bit difficult when you do like social media, like content creation stuff, because I mean, the background of all my pictures and whatever can't be in my office. Um, (laughs) But at least doing, you know, my work and my check-ins, my computer work, because then that way I can literally leave all of my work things in my office and close the door um, is really important. Also taking breaks throughout the day has been really important, like taking an actual lunch break for myself where I go outside and go for a walk or something because I was finding that even on my lunch breaks, then I'm scrolling on social media or being like, okay, well, maybe I can use this break to post this or whatever, but that's still working. Um, And also being able to express that to, I live with my boyfriend, so being able to express that to him in terms of like when I'm in my office, like yes, I'm at home and I love when you come and talk to me and stuff, but when I'm in my office, like I'm working. And so even though to you, it might seem silly that like me, you know, filming a YouTube video of me like trying clothes on or whatever it doesn't really seem like work necessarily, but like that is me working. And even those little interruptions can like really throw me off of like just being in kind of like my, my flow. Um, so yeah. And that's just, I mean, you have to be able to communicate that with people if you're in a similar situation, if you're working at home with like your family or whatever, I think creating those boundaries are very important. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, just because you're at home doesn't mean that you have full-time access. Like, it's still work that you would have to get done if you did have, like, a legitimate um, office to go to, whether it's COVID or not kind of thing. You know, like, if Mm -hmm. you were away at work, people wouldn't be calling you all day, every day to, like, talk on the phone and, like, what Mm -hmm. you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So, kind of just having those communicate like communicative um, boundaries and just like, you know, I love you, but for me to kind of get what I need to do done, we got to have some space there. And that's important. I, I like, I had to figure that out with my family too. Cause I like you, like moved in with my family, like part of COVID and trying to get stuff done was like, Oh my God, how do I function? Cause also like, I'm so scatterbrained that like, if I'm a girl, like if I see my dog, I go cuddle. Yeah. 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 Or like even if I go down into the kitchen to grab a snack and I see a mess, it's like, I'm going to start cleaning that up and get so into like that and cleaning. And I'm going to start cleaning my entire house. And it's like, no, I need to be working right now. Um, also something that I just thought of that I just feel like is super important is boundaries with social media. I feel like everyone does kind of talk about, you know, limit your time with social media and limit your time scrolling. But actually, that is so, so important and something that I am still working on. Um I think it's talked about a lot to not be on social media when you first wake up in the morning and that kind of stuff. But seriously, go look at your screen time and really sit with how long you spend on social media um I just think it's so yeah it's it's I mean like social media can be so good like we literally met through Instagram like we wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for Instagram so like it can be so great um but I just think it's so important to actually set solid boundaries with social media whether it be not going on it first thing in the morning or setting a time limit on it or you know only doing it at a certain time of the day whatever it is for you whatever works for you that is so 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 important 
Yes, definitely. Because especially like I get that too, because I have a thousand different jobs. So and like one of them being this podcast and promoting this, but also I work for someone who I run their social media. And there's just a lot of Mm. things that are dealt with on my phone that I was finding myself like my screen time in COVID was getting up to like six, seven I remember it was at 1.8 hours because I would yeah. get, I'd go to bed, I'd get high and watch TikTok for literally <laughs> like two hours. Yeah. Now it's way better. I watched The Social Dilemma, which it was none of the, like, none of the new information for me because I literally studied like media and how it affects yeah. in school. But I, it was a nice refresher and like reminder of like the way that corporations use our data and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is why I this so yeah like they literally curate it to make us addicted to it yeah <laughs> which and is I, re- I was like reminded that I was like oh right this is like literally all I like you know used to yeah <laughs> like discuss and be angry about and like have crazy rants about so mm-hmm. I finally like, started to step back like my phone I sleep with it um it's in my office like in a separate room at nine o'clock it goes away it's on the charger and I don't pick it up till I've like woken up read for 30 minutes, had some water, maybe even a coffee, meditate, and then I grab my phone and like do whatever mm-hmm. the hell I need to do. But I yeah. like little breaks of like like chunks. Like I'll allow myself like or 20, 30 minutes to scroll, post, whatever, and then it it goes away because it totally fucks up your productivity if you're yeah. constantly grabbing at it. And it's just if yeah. it's there, you'll grab it. Like Yeah. It's I have noticed a lot more recently. I'm much more aware of when I grab my phone and I notice that I just like go to Instagram right away like it's just like a second um it's just second nature and I'm like what am I doing like I don't need to check anything yeah and like for who for what I know yeah do we care do we care (laughs) about what everyone's doing that frequently like Like all the time I know and it's it's weird because social media like it's been weird for me you know coming out of MIT because Obviously, I've studied it, but also like social media for me has brought so much good in my life that Mm -hmm. it is hard for me to sometimes like set those boundaries within myself and even shit on it like on a podcast and talk about this um, broadly because (laughs) it is something that like I have gotten so much value out of these things. But also like with podcasts, even I think I was telling you last week, like I've stopped listening to podcasts all the time now because mm-hmm. I just found that it was clouding my brain. Like I just yeah. felt, you know, you're talking about like entrepreneurial, like podcasts and stuff. And you found you're like, you know, kind of comparing yourself to other people and how they function. Yeah, I found myself getting to this almost information overload where it was like, I just need to do the work now. Like I now I yes. you know, I've listened to five years of entrepreneurial like business podcasts and wellness and all this shit that like I know the general ideas of what needs to be done for me to be who I want to be, but I need to just now put my head down and actually like get to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so happy that you brought that up because I struggle with the exact same thing. Um, Less, I would say, I mean, I still listen to a ton of podcasts on entrepreneurship and um, working out fitness, all of that. But yeah, I'm the same way with, you know, YouTube videos and you see how people edit. And I think about how my editing could be so much better. My background could be so much better, you know, so much of that. Um, But something that I have really realized in the past couple weeks is how much I do intake information and, you know, read all of these really great books with these great concepts. And I 
logically know everything that I need to be doing in my brain. I know all of the tools and everything like that. But how much am I actually doing? Yeah. And I'm like not implementing that stuff as much as I should be. I mean, I've heard so much about um, how much breath work is so important and so good for you for moving energy and, you know, so many different things. If anyone listening to this hasn't, I guess, heard of breath work, I highly, highly suggest that you go and do some research on that because it's pretty crazy. Um, but I didn't try my first breath work meditation until like three weeks ago. And it's like, why am I yeah. learning so much about all of this stuff? And I know like if I was in a conversation with someone, I would say, oh, yeah, like I've yeah, I've, I've heard breath work is so good. But like, why am I not trying this? Like if I know how much it would benefit me, then why am I not doing it? Like, it's so ridiculous. It's not even a hard thing to do. You literally lay there and breathe. It's so funny that you say that because we were talking about this like the other week too, like within mm-hmm. breath work, you were sharing your first experience and stuff with me. And I was yeah. telling you how like I've been using Wim Hof's app and yeah, I was actually introduced to him and his like work and everything. He's known as the Iceman. Yeah. Um, two, over two years ago when I went to Tony yeah. Robbins conference in Chicago mm-hmm. and it took me a pandemic to finally put these things into motion. Yeah. Like, I paid how much money to go to fucking Tony Robbins and yeah still didn't go home and like do those things like I mean I took other like lessons from Tony Robbins and implemented those things in yeah my of life. course just like the fact that I was you know hearing all about this breath work and even meditation like I apparently breath work like 10 minutes of breath work equates to like three hours of meditation but sometimes yeah. I'm not in the mood for breath work because it's kind of intense so um, it's super intense <laughs> yeah so like I do a medley of both like I do at least one thing a day whatever it is but um Mm-hmm. I even meditation like if I had implemented that in university I would have been such a calmer person oh like gosh. I was a raging cunt 24 <laughs> 7 in university because I was in yeah. chaos and yeah. I couldn't find relief like my anxiety I, I would lash out in anger I couldn't communicate that I was feeling anxious I would just kind of lash out in anger and mm-hmm if I had just meditated like honestly and really given that a good shot I think I would have been a better person because now I look at me and I'm just I'm such less reactive person I'm so much more calm so much more stable and just like have a different perspective when it comes I wouldn't say meditation is the only thing that did that for me but it's a medley of those things yeah and I think it's super important like I mean we're talking in terms of breath work and meditation but that goes for literally everything like there's I mean, working out, like just there's so much. Maybe you know that you have um, parts of you, aspects of you that you don't necessarily like, whether it be habits or the way that you treat people or whatever. Um, You know, how much do you just listen or know that you should change things? But like, what are you actually doing to implement and like change that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been like a huge, I feel like theme of my life recently is just like discovering, I mean, even if we're just going to go real deep, um, like I've known forever that like my childhood, like there was some pretty messed up situations in my childhood, um, that I always knew were kind of messed up, but like I never sought out, um, I don't know any sort of 
help or, you know, even researching, like, mm-hmm. what do other people in this situation or have gone through these experiences, what do they do? What, um, what habits or like what tendencies, what thoughts um, does that cause you to have? You know, like I never, I never looked into that stuff, although I knew that there was some messed up things in my childhood that probably have shaped a lot of why I am who I am. Um, and yeah, that's something, I mean, we talked a lot about it um, when we went on that hike a couple weeks ago. But yeah, that has been a huge thing of just realizing that and then being like, okay, I actually need to do the work. Definitely. Yeah, we both kind of like through COVID have leaned into literally healing our inner child, whatever that like, mm-hmm. looks like for each of us, like those inner traumas that maybe we didn't even know we had, um, shit like that, that like you just, you don't know until you do. And then suddenly you can't look away. And suddenly it's like your whole world is kind of done a 180 because you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Who am I? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize, like, it, it's this can of worms that you can't really, it's hard to explain, but it suddenly comes full circle of why you are the way you are and how you respond to things. And it, it's mm-hmm. really like an emotional process, but also healing too. Like, it's a very crazy thing. And just realizing how something has maybe shaped you and it can like dredge up a lot of negative feelings, but also create such a positive change because then you know, like, you know better essentially like you know how to then move forward with it and react differently and I think probably the biggest theme of this conversation so far is recognizing your own like toxicities too like Mm -hmm. what you're engaging in what you're allowing and how your habits and thought patterns and all those things are shaping you and what you want because we literally hold ourselves back by engaging in things that don't serve us you know whether it's turning to drugs and alcohol or real hours of reality tv if you're me um and hanging out with the wrong people who maybe either that friendship's expired or you know you can't be bothered to talk to them anymore they just drain your energy or they just don't align with you anymore like whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck it is like there's just so much of that that we actually like conscious or I don't know if it's conscious but we actively choose to allow in our life and to like recognize all these things and like oh wait there is a better way to go about this if I want x y and z that's a huge thing to recognize and then follow through with yeah absolutely um I think what you said about like when you realize kind of these aspects about yourself and like where they stemmed from um it can be like, it can bring up a lot of negative emotions. I mean, like a couple of weeks ago when I kind of dove into more of what my childhood has, um, I guess, caused me to be like, when I was diving into that and reading about it and hearing stories from other people, I think I went through a week of just like, I barely left my bed. Mm-hmm. I cried every single day. Um, And I just, I went through so many emotions of like being sad, feeling like, well, why the heck did this happen to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this situation? Why couldn't I just grow up in like a better situation? Um, I felt embarrassed. I felt so embarrassed for how I um, had been acting because of this. I felt angry at 
like the you know the people that have caused me this like pain I went through so many like it was just so many different emotions um but I think it was so important to really actually feel through those emotions and that's why I'm also so grateful that I do work for myself now is because I was able to really take that week and I genuinely did the bare minimum like I was answering clients and you know doing that stuff that I had to do but there was no content creation there was no like creation of courses like nothing like that because I was really just like sitting with that and allowing myself to like feel and process that and you know memories were coming up and I like I started crying at the gym randomly I and then went out to my car and was like bawling my eyes out but like all of that is so necessary to like let yourself actually feel that pain and feel and like have compassion for yourself and be like, yeah, like I didn't do anything to deserve that. Like really, like we were all just born into this world. Like, and whatever your situation was, like that is just your situation. Like you're a little baby. You're, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything to deserve whatever happened to you. Um, so yeah, sitting with that was like super, super powerful um, and just like feeling through that. And even more like, I mean, then I was able to, once I kind of processed all of that and I mean, got a little bit through the anger and sadness and all of that. And that's when I tried that breathwork meditation, which was amazing. Um, from that, I was able to start recognizing you know, when I, when I went back the next week and I was living a little bit more normally, you know, not just like sitting in bed, reading all of this stuff 24 seven. Um, I was able to catch myself in conversations with other people and even like catch my thoughts. Like if, you know, if my boyfriend said something that maybe triggered me, I was able to actually realize like I'm being triggered right now and I'm upset because of the way that I felt when I was a kid and not because of what you're actually saying to me right now. So I was able to start like creating that separation, um, which is definitely still like a work in progress. It's not just like a flip or a switch flip, but I'm like magically like a hundred percent better. Um, and I think something else really powerful out of that, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Um, keep going girl. It is, uh, reaching out to people like and that is something that Isaac um my boyfriend also pointed out to me was you know like when I was a couple days into this he said like have you talked to anyone about this and I'm like well no I don't know like who is supposed to help me like I'm doing all the reading and stuff um who is supposed to help me like I don't know anyone else that has gone through this situation um I don't know how they're going to they're going to help me and he really encouraged me to reach out to the people that are close to me and just like share my experience because even if they can't necessarily you know tell me exactly what I need to do to like be better um there's power in sharing with people and that is also like it, it's so funny because I feel like that week everyone was kind of going through a lot of shit. Like I remember you posted something. I don't remember what it was, um, but it was something that resonated with me and what I was going through. And I reached out to you and you ended up suggesting the hike. And then on the hike is when I kind of shared with you everything mm-hmm. that I was going through in more detail, obviously. And that, and I shared with other people as well. And there was so much like even – Like, there was nothing that really anyone said to me that was, like, whoa, like, you know, crazy. But just the process of, like, me expressing myself and sharing, like, 
the things that I had been through when I was a kid and like now what I'm realizing like how I you know I'm treating people and whether it be like those people that I was actually talking to or you know how I was treated or how I was treating my boyfriend or whoever um there was just so much power in like actually sharing that and expressing myself and and like kind of getting compassion from them like just hearing them be like shit like that really does suck and I'm so sorry that you went through that but you're realizing now and you know you're doing the things that you need to do but like holy crap that that is a lot and no wonder you feel this way or act this way um I can't even imagine going through that and like that just like knowing that you're not alone and that like those people are there to support you even if they can't fully understand what you're going through and I think that we talk a lot about like reach out to your friends and check on your friends make sure your friends are okay but like also if someone had messaged me during that week and asked how I was doing I might not have actually told them what I was going through Um, I think that we need to start taking a little bit more ownership and reaching out to people when we're struggling like People don't know when to ask or they don't know the maybe right questions to ask, but you need to be able to reach out to people and just say like, I'm going through shit and like, I don't need you to fix anything. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I just need you to listen if you have like the capacity to kind of listen to this right now, because I think that's also really important is I, I would, when I was telling my friends, you know, I'm not just going to drop all of this on them. I'm going to ask like, Hey, do you, you know, do you have like an hour to have a phone call or, you know, do you have kind of like the energy to be able to handle this right now? And like, that's respecting, I think just like their boundaries and their energy as well, because they could be dealing with whatever, just having a stressful day where it's like, they still can care about me, but if they're having a really stressful day, they don't have the space to, listen to all of my shit (laughs) no definitely oh I love you so much because it's (laughs) so crazy how so everything you just said like yes please yes I'm laughing (laughs) silently so I don't blow up like it's one of those things that I love that you said more emphasis on us like taking ownership and reaching out to our friends because as much as like you know people you care about and who love you and you love them like it's nice to have someone reach out and ask how you're doing but we're not mind readers you know like Mm -hmm. if you're going through something serious and your best friend and people you love like have no idea and they just say hey girl what's going on like it doesn't also set the like it doesn't set the mood to open your soul to to, Mm -hmm. you know and like darkest things and it's a really weird thing to kind of go through. Like I'm the same way. If, if, even though I tell people, you know, you can always reach out to me. I'm not always the one that will reach out to people when I'm going through stuff. I like to suffer solo because I don't know how to, well, one, I'm always, I almost like pride myself on being the strong friend. So then when I'm like feeling or not wanting to burden people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, I also just like, sometimes think I can just like bury it away or like deal with it myself like I'm such a Mm -hmm. Leo independent like I don't need to fix this for me um and I think that with the boundaries too like you know that capacity I think it's also important to differentiate too like like you said something about like I just really need you to listen do you have like an hour kind of thing and that's a different thing than 
I need advice because like, yeah, I've been trying to like communicate that better with um, friends and like different relationships because, you know, if they're coming to me and they're like, you know, maybe dropping off some like drama, you know, on my kind of mm-hmm. lap. And maybe it's and not in a bad way, just like it's like like all the stuff just went down, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. If I have some thoughts, but like I don't know, you know, why they're coming to me with it, it's kind of I will say like, are you just needing to vent or are you looking for advice? Like, yeah, what do you need right now, and it gives the opportunity also of like unsolicited advice. Like if I tell them what I think, and then they're like what the fuck? And they get all mad at you. It's like, oh, you weren't looking for my opinion. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that I've started doing a lot recently too. Like I just had a a really close friend of mine going through something kind of with her boyfriend and she was telling me about it. And I had to kind of stop and ask her like, do you want my advice and my opinion or do you just need my support right now? And I think that's Mm -hmm. super important. Yeah. And some people just need to be told that like I love you I'm here for you and you know if you know of a way that I can like better support you please let me know because sometimes people don't know what they need in the moment either like mm-hmm. you know especially like with kind of how the last few weeks that, like that we both had experience at the same time but for different reasons um mm-hmm. we I don't think either of us had like the capacity within ourselves to even know what was going on with us. So then to be able to communicate what we needed was so vague because it was like, I don't even know what I'm going through, let alone like what I need to make it better. Like I just need to kind of go through it and that's okay. Like that's also a good thing to kind of just acknowledge and accept and just feel the emotions. And there's one thing I just want to like bring to the audience that might be some value is like, you were talking about the almost negative, pro- like you almost went through the stages of grief of like kind of these realizing these yeah. child traumas. And mm-hmm. one thing about those, the feelings are not fact. It does, you know, feelings are valid. Feelings are really great oh indicators gosh, yeah. of how things affected you. But just feeling through the emotions, like you went through stages of the like, you know, sadness, grief, resentment, and all these things. And it was, it, they passed through you. And I think you know, when we feel those things, it's okay to just let them pass through you. It doesn't mean that it changes the scenario or what you're going to do about it or anything like that, but just letting it kind of literally like almost a picture, like an energy wavelength passing through your body. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like that where, you know, it doesn't, because, you know, if you're feeling angry in a moment towards a situation and then you're feeling sadness and then you're feeling guilt, you know, those different emotions against that one situation if you just kind of go based off those feelings then you can almost change how you respond each way and allowing them to just pass through you and then whatever kind of once it's all kind of out then you can kind of sit and whatever what if you have a make make a decision or what however you move forward with that like it's important to know that because that was one thing I realized like when I I don't know. I I think I learned it from TikTok. It was like the spiritual healer guy I follow. He (laughs) was talking about this, like feelings are not fact, you know, they kind of pass through you and you don't always have to like make a move based on that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that because it was like, sometimes I'll feel sad one day and I'm kind of like psychoanalyzing it of like, what's going on with me? Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to like change something or add something or blah, 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 blah. And then 
the next day I wake up fine. It's like, oh, I just need to be sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think what you said about your feelings are valid, but not necessarily fact is also so important. Um, and I think especially with relationships, like mm-hmm. Isaac and I had so or have had so many conversations of, you know, one person saying, I feel this way. And the other person saying, well, I didn't intend to, you know, whatever it be, come across that way or whatever. Um, and it's like the, like we, we honestly have had struggles with like being like your feelings are valid, but it's not right. And I would, I'm going to take ownership and say like, it was mostly with me and saying like, if I'm hurt by something that you said, or, you know, the way that you said it or whatever, I would be in, well, I feel this way. And because I feel this way, you need to, you know, respect that and, you know, adjust your actions accordingly, basically. Um, And it's right, like, my feelings are valid, but they're valid because, like, I feel this way because of how I was treated in my childhood and now I kind of have all of these thoughts of like fear of abandonment and like that kind of stuff um if anyone if you I think we've talked about this as well if you know about like attachment style um I definitely have like the anxious attachment style so I have all of those like fear of fear of abandonment um all of that kind of stuff so you know if he's saying that he needs some time after work to like decompress and play a video game and like talk to his friends or whatever I can take that as like, oh, well, you don't want to hang out with me or like spending time with me. Like that's not relaxing for you or like you don't want to do that. Like, does that mean that you don't love me? Because like, well, if you like want to, if you come home from work and you want to do this instead of hang out with me, then maybe you don't love me because I should be that person that is like calming for you. You know what I mean? Whereas my, like my feelings of feeling that like fear of like rejection or abandonment or whatever it is are valid but it's valid because that's what I was kind of programmed to think and feel when I was little yeah so by him saying that he needs to come home and decompress and play some video games like that's not him not loving me that's just literally him needing to decompress and it's so much different for me because I'm home all the time so I don't have like a commute home I'm not talking to people you know, for eight hours or whatever, like he is. So for me, it's a lot easier for me to like decompress and kind of take that time alone because I just have so much more alone time, whereas he doesn't. Um, so yeah, that was like a, a big struggle for us at one point was the, your feelings are valid, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm doing something wrong. Um, and it's really something that like he, I mean, he needs to respect that and know that about me that I might take it that way, but it doesn't mean that he can't, play video games ultimately it's something that I need to be able to realize like okay this is triggering me because I'm feeling how I felt in my childhood and it's getting me really worked up and so I actually just need to go and you know journal it out and like feel how I'm feeling and deal with that and then be able to reason with myself of you know getting into the it's not him it's not that he doesn't love me this is because I've because of how I was treated as a child and um, all of the thought patterns and stuff I developed because of that. Yeah, Um, it's like, you know, when he first says, like, okay, you know, I just want an hour to play video games and decompress. You're hearing, 
I need space from you. Get the fuck away from me. And yeah. And like, I don't love you and I don't want you anymore. And I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> all the things that are associated with that. And then in reality, he just had a long day. He just wants an hour to himself so that he can be better for you, you know, whatever it may be. And it's just the fact that, you know, you're feeling you know, your reaction to that is valid because it's obviously there's a reason behind it, but it doesn't mean that he's actually being a dick. Like he's actually just taking some time for himself, which is- And that's going to end up being better for our relationship because if if he was to just come home and not have that time to decompress or have that time alone, then when we are hanging out and spending time together, he might be a little bit more like snappy or- Yeah, exactly. So like that's not going to be good for the relationship either. So like he was able to put up a boundary and say like, no, like I really need this time. Um, And like I said, that doesn't mean that he doesn't love me. That's just- he needs his space. He just needed an hour to chill. That's all. <laughs> and it's so funny how we can like kind of convince ourselves these realities sometimes like mm-hmm. based on our inner child. Like I truly, since learning these things and I mean, even in years of therapy, like people, like my therapist used to tell me when people are pissing me off, just look at them as children and just kind of have compassion for them in that way. Like if mm-hmm. someone's being a Karen essentially, like yeah, just think like, you know, you don't know what's going on. In her They're life, being triggered. She is kind of thing. And it kind of just lessens the um, energy you give it. But when I think of this and just the fact that we're all kind of just doing the best with what we know is like so important. And it's starting to help me understand other people too, because like, even like we've been, you know, friends for a couple of years and I had no idea some of the stuff that like you had gone through in your childhood or anything like that. And it was because you had never opened to anyone about it. And there was no way for me to know that. I didn't even really know. Like, I know what happened, but I didn't realize how it affected me. So, like, obviously, I'm not going to – like, to me, talking about my childhood would be like, oh, well, this happened to me. And so, to me, that's almost like, well, I'm telling a sob story of, like, oh, feel so bad for me. But, like, that's because I didn't realize all the ways that it did affect me. No, and that it makes sense, though. Like, it's one of those things that it's, like, we are all just trying our best, you know? Like, sometimes it takes time. And, like, I think that it's hard to differentiate that, like, like intentions with responsibility. And I think that you and I have both really owned up to our own shit and really taken responsibility of learning everything we can about the things we've struggled with and whatever and try to implement practices to just be better people at like in general whether it's how we show up for our business our clients our families our partners like all those things um but and also ourselves like it's obviously Mm -hmm. you know we don't have to live in pain there are things but we don't have to continue to choose to live in pain and I think that's such a like huge thing of like shit happens to us no matter what like to different degrees to different severities whatever it may be but we literally all can make that choice of kind of dealing with that and you've said the word a couple times triggering and I think that it's an interesting topic because you mentioned how you need to go journal it out and kind of like deal with why something's triggering you and stuff like that and I love that because I think in society, I think trigger warnings are important. Like if you're talking about some really serious topics that could be very triggering for people, that is important. Mm-hmm. But I also like kind of want to um, challenge people to 
like figure out why they're triggered by something and how they can mm-hmm. kind of heal from it and at least move forward in a healing process because just saying oh i'm triggered and walking away doesn't move the ball any like near the needle forward i don't know why i'm using metaphor <laughs> like it doesn't it's not productive it's not helping you or anyone around you and yeah something really i mean i know it's not easy to heal from like everything like there's a lot of trauma that mm-hmm. takes a lot more serious shit to like work through but to be actively at least trying is so huge because like you know if you see something on tv and you have to like shut it off because you are so triggered like i don't know that that's a really comfortable way to live and i'm not trying to i'm trying to do like this is not a judgmental thing it's more it's a comfortable yeah, yeah. love of just like i don't want people to suffer if they don't have to but i know well, yeah the- a painful process to get through those traumas and yeah i think it's just really interesting how we kind of discuss triggers and stuff like that in society because i think it's really important to actually like place this element of responsibility and like moving forward in healing yeah and I mean based on my experience and in my opinion like I could very easily if you know Isaac said something that triggered me I could very easily say you're triggering me like you need to stop you need to give me love right now like you need to give me like my words of affirmation or whatever yeah but like the only way that I'm going to heal is if I experience those triggers and then I go and deal with that and work on them. Like avoiding them is maybe going to cause you less pain in the short term, like in the present when it's actually happening. But I mean, it's unrealistic to expect that like the world is just going to be this perfect place all the time and nothing is ever going to be triggering. And that's not a good place to live in either where you're just avoiding triggers because like you're not actually healing and growing from that you're just avoiding it yeah I knew this person and like they always just claimed that they had daddy issues and I have daddy issues I have daddy issues and they just like would always just claim this and use it as an excuse for how they behave and react to things and stuff like that and it was kind of getting to a point where it was like frustrating for everyone involved because it's like okay you so you know that there's something there within your childhood you know but you're not moving forward to try to learn anything new or to try to challenge yourself into responding differently or anything. And it inevitably ruined our relationship, you know? And like, it was one of those things. It's like for someone who was so afraid for people to leave and abandonment issues, she was pushing everybody away. And Mm -hmm. it's things like that, that like are, like you said, you know, in the short term, you might be, kind of skipping out on the pain but the long term like how many people are I just like anyone anyone in this situation in the long run are you gonna look around and have a really like fulfilled life Mm -hmm. or relationships that you love and all these things or are you going to hold resentment towards that person who fucked you over 30 years ago you know that girl at school in grade two who pushed you down the on the playground you know like (laughs) yeah it's funny because you can't see me but I'm like literally that entire time was just like nodding my head like crazy um I think that we all know that friend who like knows their issues but isn't really doing anything about it Mm -hmm. um 
And I challenge anyone who is actually listening right now, I'm sure that you have those things about yourself as well. Um, and I think it's super important to, you know, be gentle with yourself and have compassion with yourself and not put too much pressure on yourself. But also, if you have those things that you know about you, um, if I use myself as an example, I am, or like, I would say not as much now, but I definitely notice how I've been a very like kind of sassy sarcastic person um and that has like yeah like that has been my identity a little bit and like in my workplace and stuff like that and to me it was always like well I'm always joking you know like I'm not actually I'm not being rude to people I'm not intentionally hurting anyone like I'm just kind of sassy and sarcastic and you know whatever and people laugh and it's fine um But genuinely, like, I actually, in my first session ever with my therapist, I think, I guess, I think that she's actually just a life coach. But regardless, that was something that I mentioned to her was, like, just that I'm sassy. And, you know, some people find that annoying, but some people find it funny. And I just, like, don't really know. And she said to me, well, you know, sassiness and sarcastic, like, yeah, it can be funny sometimes. But ultimately, um that is just you being passive aggressive. Yeah. And I was like, shit. (laughs) Sometimes, Um, you know, and it's hard to find that balance of like, am I just trying to, you know, make light of a maybe awkward situation or whatever? Or are you like dismissing some things that maybe could be addressed in a more like confrontation, how do I say it? Confrontational (laughs) way. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think for myself, that was definitely a defense mechanism um of like you know if I got criticized or like if someone was you know making a joke about me like I'm gonna have this sassy comeback because like I don't know yeah it's a thing it's definitely there like I use humor to cover up a lot of I think my own shit or I think it's even that thing that you hear like comedians do like if you know um they have something about their physical appearance or something they're the first ones to point mm-hmm. it out so that no one can be the one to do it first you know yeah like they can make fun of themselves and then it's like they're in on the joke rather than the actual joke like yeah yeah and I think like it's not to say that you know I'm never gonna be sassy or sarcastic again um but I just think it's important to kind of recognize that and go deeper with yourself and you know, think and do the research or see a therapist or a life coach or whatever, and really figure out like, where does that come from? And I, I think that we should be doing that a lot with, I, I mean, really reflect on yourself and think about the aspects of yourself and start thinking about where did that come from? Like, why am I like this? Because you can start to choose, like, I don't want to be rude to people. I don't want people to think that I'm like super rude and sarcastic all the time. Um, And I don't want people to think that, you know, I don't care about them or, you know, whatever it is. Um, And I can look in deeper at myself and and discover where that is coming from. And then I can choose that, no, I don't want to be that sassy negative person. I want to be like a loving and happy person. I want people to be happy and like feel energetic and all of that around me. Um, I don't want them to, you know, come into a conversation or whatever it is with me and just be waiting for my like sass. (laughs) It's so true. And like, it's one of those things too, that like, 
it's just all about li- living intentionally. Like that's what this whole mm-hmm. episode is literally about is like asking yourself who you want to be and why you are the way you are and like what you need to do in like from A to B kind of thing. Like, you know, how who are you currently and who are you actively trying to be? And, you know, through that process is usually looking back to the childhood, your inner child and healing whatever things are from there. Because there's always some sort of childhood trauma that exists, whether... Yeah. You know, you were bullied or your parents didn't love you or your brother was the favorite or whatever the fuck it is. Like, there's always something. And even, like, I was talking to you, like, on our drive to a hike, I was telling you some things I was, like, dabbling with. And I was, like, you know, kind of just saying these things. And I'm so blunt that it just comes out. It doesn't really, like... Mm you know, oh, Riley, I'm feeling a little insecure. No, it wasn't like that. It was like, so I think this and this and this and this. And you were like, Courtney, I do not subscribe to that belief. And you just like <laughs> put me back in my place of like, that's not true. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to reevaluate that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And it was the coolest like little thing because it was one of those things that I was subscribing to this like narrative that wasn't true. And it wasn't fitting in my like it wasn't sitting well in my gut and that's why I was having a problem with it Mm -hmm. but you were kind of you snapped me out of it and just told me like hey this is like you don't have to do that you don't have to believe in that I was like fuck you're right and it was so funny because I said it so confidently that if I came to you and you were feeling really low and insecure in yourself I don't think you would have had the like almost power to tell me that but Mm -hmm. we've both been working on ourselves so much that you were almost able to be like no, that's not true. <laughs> mm-hmm. And empower me within that. And that was really cool. Cause it's like, it's just a very easy example of how we can literally lift each other up. Even when you're going through your own shit, when you start to like really be intentional within yourself, how you live, how you deal with things and whatever, you're able to also help the people you care about. And I think that that is so like important and gratifying and beautiful. Yeah, it's truly beautiful. Like, it's crazy how much closer we, you and I have gotten since the last, like, over the, over the last couple months and just how many friends have dropped off for me over COVID. But then the people who have come into my life and have become really good friends of mine are, like, some of the most beautiful relationships I've ever had. And I'm, like, shocked by it because I also, it took for me to, like, you know, stop being a stupid bitch essentially like stop going back to the guy who does not fucking like you like stop (laughs) acting out of insecurity you know things like that because I now know that the friends that I had during that time they would look at me and they'd see me as this like confident you know outspoken like person and then go back to these guys who were such trash to me and it was like what are you doing and then suddenly I think over time I don't, I don't know if this is true. I don't know. I wonder, you know, when you're setting that example, like if people look at me, and they're, oh, she's so confident. She does whatever the fuck she wants and whatever, you know, but then I'm like doing all these things that so don't align with anything I believe in. How much mm-hmm. can you now believe my advice? Like, yeah, I'm not even being true to myself. And then yeah. obviously through that process of me going back to the same asshole for two years, like that. I was then accepting the bare minimum. So then even like trying to give a relationship advice, I'm like, who, who the fuck, am, who gives me the right? <laughs> because I'm literally not choosing myself or anything good within this relationship. So it's just like, it is crazy to reflect on those things. And I, I was so angry to myself for like, you know, 
staying with the wrong friends for too long, staying with the wrong guys for too long. And finally, I was just like, you know what? You didn't know what you didn't know. And now you're moving forward. Like you can't look back Mm -hmm. on that and continue to stay in the past. Yeah, I think it's also really important. Um, I mentioned attachment style um, a little bit, but I read a book on attachment style probably a year ago and discovered that I did have like the anxious attachment style but I didn't do anything about it until now, like until yeah. a year later. So like when you discover these parts about yourself, you can accept and love yourself for these things. And I also I like I think it's really important to I've been talking a lot about how my upbringing has, you know, obviously shaped a lot of like my thoughts and feelings and whatever now in a negative way. But it's also caused me to... um act in ways and be this person that I also am very, very proud of. Like, because of the situations that I was in, one thing that I'm really proud of myself for is like, I am so determined to be like successful and to be um, like financially free and like self-sufficient and independent. Like I'm so driven to be that because of the situation that I was in when I was younger and because I never want to be in that situation again. Um, and so seeing the pause, I know it can be hard sometimes depending on whatever your situation is, but really also taking the time to look at, okay, well, what did those experiences cause me to be like in a positive and good way as well? Um, and yeah, so back to the book that I was reading, I didn't do anything about that until a year later. So it's important when you when you notice these things about yourself to actually decide that you're going to take action and seek out ways for you to take action and and choose the way that you do want to be and start discovering how you're going to get there. Because if we just, um, you know, you can you can discover how maybe all these negative aspects about yourself, how they've been caused in childhood or whatever, but that's also like if you don't do anything with that you can't just be going around telling people oh well I'm like this because this happened to me like that's Mm -hmm. staying in the victim mindset um something Isaac and I have talked a lot about is like because I was I was telling him like I'm so sorry for some of the ways that I've treated you and I realize now that it's because that's how I was treated and so I thought it was normal And I thought that this is how you express love because that's how it was expressed to me when I was younger. But I now realize that that was kind of messed up. Um, And, and it was, it was really, and like, that is, that was part of the sadness of like, it was, it was really sad to be like, I, this is not my fault, but I have to deal with it. And something that he said to me was, um, I might butcher this, but he said something along the lines of like, it's not your fault what happened to you, but you now get to choose what you're going to do with that. Yes. And And it was like, yes. (laughs) And that goes for, I mean, I've been talking about my experiences, obviously, but that goes for literally any, any experience or trauma or whatever situations that you've gone through as well. And then to also just talk about our relationship a little bit, um, because I just think it like, it's honestly like one of the coolest relationships that I think I have. Like a lot of my friends, you know, I've met through university or whatever they're working. Um, 
And it's funny because we literally, I mean, I said we literally met through Instagram and I think you messaged me first. Um, Probably. <laughs> and, then, um, and then we, you know, for a couple of years would just kind of, I mean, I moved away, but we could, would kind of just mess each other, message each other on Instagram every once in a while. Um, but since moving back, I mean, we've probably still only seen each other less than 10 times. Like we've hung out less than 10 times. But I've had deeper conversations with you than I have with a lot of my other, maybe more, like, I'm using air quotes, like, closer relationships or relationships that I've had for longer. Because we, from kind of the start, and even more recently since me moving back and us, like, reconnecting Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper, um, we've, like, really created that space for each other. Like, when I was talking about earlier when you had messaged or when you had posted something on Instagram during that week when I was kind of going through all of this and realizing all of this, um, we created the space of, like, just so you know, like, I'm here for you whenever. And also yeah. further than that, because, I mean, everyone says, like, I'm here for you. I'm here, like, my DMs are open or I'm I'm here to talk, whatever. But we went a little bit deeper than that. And I think I said something along the lines of like, I would always rather have a deeper, meaningful conversation with you than like go out for drinks. Yeah. Like, this and then talk. I don't want to talk about yeah. the fucking weather. I want to talk about your inner trauma. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> um, and then we actually took action and a couple of days later went for that hike where then we started talking about this way more. So I just think it's super important, like whether it be like for people listening, it doesn't have to be, you know, your childhood best friend. If you don't feel comfortable opening up um, to them, like you can find people on social media or whatever that are, you know, living kind of the way that you want to live, that you're aspiring to live. Um And start making connections with those people. And it does not matter if you haven't met them in real life. Like, it's 2020. We can barely see anyone in real life. So I think creating connections through social media is, like, super powerful. And then also just from the get-go, creating the relationships that you want to have. Like, you can't just sit back and wait for... I can't just sit back and wait for this kind of goes back to like, wait for you to ask me what's wrong. But I also can't sit back and wait for you to just open up to me about all of your deep shit. And then I'll open up about my deep shit. No, like if if that's the kind of relationships that I want to have, then like I need to live and embody that. Yes, it's literally cultivating intimacy, like people must Hmm. intimacy for just sex. And yes, sex can be intimate. But when it comes to like platonic friendships, you can be intimate by literally what we did we like like talked you know and we would look at each other in the eye and say like this stuff is what I'm going through and like that Mm -hmm. gave the space to literally be emotional and to like talk about things that might be really hard and uncomfortable but at the end of the day brought us so much closer and like I even though I say like I'm always here that I think at least actually showed I showed up for you I was kind of like you know what sounds like we need to we need to like talk about this like do you want to go for a hike this weekend and it was like Mm -hmm. I was also okay I was like I don't know how she's gonna respond to this because I don't know we we had never gone through that together so it was like yeah I don't you could have said no but I wouldn't have taken it personally because I've Mm -hmm. at least done enough kind of like like self stuff that requires me to know that it's not like personal if someone doesn't want to see you either Um, nothing is ever personal (laughs) no it's just like one of those cool things of just like being able to go you know back and forth between all these 
deep conversations. And it's so funny that you were saying like kind of, you know, like your the stuff that has fucked you up has also like become your power because it's like people told me I was too much and too intense and talk too much and things like that. And it's like I've made the friends that I have through social media, through this podcast. And, you know, everyone told me I talk too much. So I started a fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and also like I I am not the person, like, as I'm preaching about all this, I'm really not the person to, like, reach out to new people. I'm, like, pretty, I would say, like, reserved and, like, a shyer person. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, like, you reached out to me, like, you really started this relationship that is now actually so beautiful. Slide into um, your DMs, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everyone needs to just slide into each other's DMs. Like, I won't shoot my shot with men, but I'll shoot my shot with some girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, it's crazy. I'm so glad that we were able to like become this, have this relationship, but also like share this with the rest of the strategic slot audience because mm -hmm. this conversation has been incredible. I think that there are so many takeaways that people can look towards and potentially learn from and just consider go moving forward in life. Cause I think that this whole conversation has been like literally the, whole embodiment of intentional living which is the whole mm -hmm. purpose between but behind strategic sled and whatever that means for you and that's that's the whole thing so thank you Riley for coming on the show I'm so excited that I finally had you on I've been meaning to ask you for so long and it was so funny how it kind of all worked out in its timing but yeah no, where can everyone timing. you know find you your services all those things if you can you know pimp yourself out <laughs> um yeah thank you so much for having me on and yeah I really think that it was like the perfect timing to have this and I hope that people are able to maybe resonate with some of the stuff that we said and if it doesn't resonate with you then that's fine you have your own lessons to learn and your own path and you'll figure it out um but yeah you can find me on instagram at Riley Jean it's r-i-l-e-e-y-j-e-a-n um, YouTube, Riley Jean, and yeah, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I have some group programs and stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. We'll leave everything <laughs> down in the, um, description for all of you to go stalk Riley and give her some love on IG, YouTube, and all the effort, all the other different facets. What am I trying to say? <laughs> and I wanted to just quickly mention too, like Riley said, you know, take what you leave, take what you want and leave what you don't, you know, mm -hmm. whatever this podcast meant for you, take it as it is. Um, it's out of love. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, guys, you can find me at the not so average betch and the IG um, oh my God, I can't speak anymore. The podcast on Instagram is at strategic slut. And if you guys could share this on your stories and give it reviews on Apple podcasts, that would be incredible. That is. And reach out to us. Like if anything resonated with you, like I would love to talk to you about what you're going through and yeah, all of that. That would be incredible. That's how we're social media is meant to connect. So let's fucking connect. Yeah. <laughs> Wash your hands, guys. Love yourself, love others. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye guys. Bye.